<laughs> Ye double ha. Yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So, of course, that means it's wild card cowboys time. How are we doing, fellas? Ach, not too bad. Besides the Scottish weather, it's absolutely torrential today. So, uh, other than that, I'm all good. Well, yeah, I'll bit, join you on that weather. Driving well. home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's I've we've got Scottish weather down here as well, so don't feel bad. Tell you, man. <laughs> that's all it does up here is rain. That's all it does. Yep. You're in the wet season now, as as they say in <laughs> Scotland. Wet season, it's nearly pretty much nearly <laughs> eleven <laughs> months of the year. Then you've got that that's one it. month that one month with a little bit of sunshine and that's it. It's taps off. That's it. That's why when they go on about the old story with 40 days and 40 nights of uh, flooding, you're just like, that's the weather in the UK. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yes, we're into the wild card round, guys. We are here. You wouldn't think it when you look at some of the Cowboys fans on Twitter and Instagram and what have you. Um, But we are in the playoffs, guys. Uh, 12 and 5 finishing on the season. Um, solid. Tony Pollard uh, on the weekend, he did get his nine attempts to take him over a thousand yards for the season. And CD Lamb finished fifth in total receiving yards amongst wide receivers. How does that all make you feel, guys? All things considering, it's been a pretty successful season. Mm. But, don't get, but don't get me wrong, there could have been things that we could have improved easily. Yeah, of course. Against teams that we should have beat. And it seems like there was team the, the, the games that we should have lost, we actually won and actually played our best games. Yeah. So so there's just that level of inconsistency, which is something that we've highlighted all across this season. So if anything, like but just in the grand scheme of things, I think it's just been it's been pretty good, but it just could have, could have been better. Yeah, it's it's been erratic at, at best, but I th- I think across the board in the NFL this year, it's been like that. I mean, yeah, you can yeah. only really say that the Eagles, unfortunately, are the, you know, okay, they tailed off when they had to go to a uh, stash man, but, um, you know, gen- generally, you know, they were looking the cream of the NFC and uh, cream of the league, but, um, you know, everybody, everybody's back to zero, zero and zero at the moment. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's winning you're in. Losing, you go home. So, let's yeah. put everything behind us. And from all accounts, you know the the, the Cowboys had a fantastic practice yesterday. Um, you know they're they're getting their work in. Um, you know, which by all accounts, last week, you know, McCarthy had come out in the post game press conference and said that realistically, that, that I think the Mar Hamlin situation had actually had an effect on people's practice um habits last week um as you as you probably expect um but they didn't practice well last week and it showed in the game um yeah totally i totally agree um we are obviously heading back to tampa last time we faced them the cowboys lost 19-3 um obviously that was week one um injury riddled Lots of rust. That was at home, no. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Lots of rust in that game. Um, But I'll ask this question as I do 
every episode as we hear. And let us know at home, you guys, as well, because you're the MVPs of the show. Uh, what's your general feeling on this game this week? We've got Brady in the playoffs, who's 7-0 and against Dallas. But the Tampa team in general, um, especially in the back quarter of the season, has looked really bad. I mean, how do you feel about the game? Personally, I think this could be a game for the taking. I'm sorry mm. to... There right, he is. Sorry, my dog just decided to interrupt what I was saying there. Um, yeah, I think this game's there for the taking, to be honest. Like, as you kind of mentioned there, like, I really want to end Brady not being undefeated against us throughout his career. I really like to let give him that loss. Like and, and likely this could be his last ever potential game as a player. So um I would like Dallas to actually put that nail in the coffin. Um like you kinda mentioned in terms of their overall team, they've kind of been very, very hit and miss. So um as, if our, if Dallas was to turn up like as they would expect, like like we did against Minnesota. Then we will definitely wipe the floor without a doubt. Yeah, I, th- I think again, the only team that can beat the Cowboys are the Cowboys. Um, yeah. You know, what we what we saw last weekend, you know, was certainly the Cowboys beating the Cowboys. I mean, that was that was statistically the worst game for for everybody. Mm. Um, you know, the the offensive line weren't gelling. The Dak was off. Um, you know, e- even the receivers and running backs. I mean, a p- pitch out from Dak to Zeke, and Zeke almost fumbled it. You know, things like that. Um, if if we play to the best of our abilities, and we're we're a much different team. Um, you know, as Joe's saying here, we didn't have Gallup, we didn't have T. Y. Hilton um, in Week One. Yep. Um, you just you know, lost Tyron Smith. <laughs> We just lost Tyron Smith. Tyler Smith was starting his first ever game. You know, he's he's now got a bit more under the belt. He knows what what he's he's expecting to face. Mm. Um, you know, this this has the potential that we should be able to win it. Um, the fact that we're playing on grass, the fact that we're playing away from home and we haven't won a away playoff game is a little bit concerning. But you know. E- that's easy enough to override. You know, if you go out and do your job, that's that's it. So, um, mm. I'm I'm reasonably confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's for sure. Go on, Paul. It's, 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 it's like Lord says, our biggest enemy is ourselves. Like, I'm more concerned. I'm not concerned about Tampa Bay as such. We know what they bring to the table, and we know that they're very incons- more inconsistent than we have been. But it just really depends how we turn up more than anything. I find that is the issue. Like, so I, I, that's my biggest concern. It's like, what team are we bringing out against this play uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night? Yeah, and the scary bit is always saying uh, it's Tom Brady in the playoffs because we've seen this so many times. Um, so yeah, um, it is a scary prospect to see, but. We will break it all down um, as we go through this now. Um, and it will help alleviate people's problems. Sh- shall we get into the news and updates and crack on with the show, guys? Yep, go for it. Yep. 
All right, let's hit this. All righty. So, um, got some interesting news that we'll hit with first. Uh, first of all, practice report. Um, Byron Smith and D'Lo are both limited. What is interesting and very good news. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, Jonathan Hankins, Tyler Biadish, Deron Bland, which was a big one, because uh, he left the game in Washington uh, with a chest injury. And also Xavier Rhodes have all been in practice this week. That's an interesting move as well, because uh, I know we talked about it in the post-game show. I wasn't really that impressed by Trayvon, um, by Trayvon Merlin. No, no, Merlin, I don't know, but... I think we're bringing Xavier Rhodes in. It's definitely going to help us. Like, it's going to definitely fill the gap. Is it going to be a long-term solution? Probably not. Mm. But, but, um, but yeah. Um, like you mentioned, like so, uh, Hankins and Bayadish. This is all, and don't forget LVE as well. Like, this is all mm. going to be. This is all going to be really good going into this game. So, knowing that we've got these players, we should have no excuses going out to perform against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. their list of injuries coming into this game is quite big because one of the things that's fallen off for Tampa was the sacks, um, which has affected them in the passing game. Um, but what is interesting is defensive end Carl Nassib uh, and Vita Vea as well, who are huge parts of that defensive line and what they do in both run stop in and um uh in the passing game were injured last week um and they've come in this week limited no Carl Narsip was full practice he, he went yeah he, he was full but he was injured at the start of the week so that is interesting to look at um on the other side of it defensive ends Carlton Davis Mike Edwards Logan Ryan all came in with injuries uh Logan Ryan the, the one there that is looking um, on the practice report. Both of their centres, which is crazy on the offensive line, are both unknown. We don't know who's going to be playing centre this week. Um, are you looking I mean, at... If, the, I'm sorry, mate. What, what injury report are you looking at right now? It's just based off the injury report uh, from last week as well as the Bucks. Practice report from today. Chris, I've got the practice report right in front of me just now. Um, Chris, yeah. I've only got Robert Hainsley, who's got a hamstring. He's limited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there other, other centres being put on injured reserve. Ah, uh, right. That's probably why it's not been flagged up. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like they've actually so, got quite. They've actually got quite a few offensive linemen. Like for yeah. Nick Lever, Nick Leverett, he's shoulder, uh, mm -hmm. knee, shoulder injury. Then there's John, Mulchin, uh ankle. And he's limited as well, so it kind of plays in our plays in our favor, really. It's it's yeah. an interesting report. Mike Evans as well. He had an uh, illness at the start of the week, so don't know how that's going to affect him. And Russell Gage did too. Uh, not illness; he had a separate injury. But um, they're not sure on the practice report, which is interesting. But they that was the the start of the week. Go on, sorry, Lorne. What was you going to say, mate? No, no, I was I was just agreeing with Paul. You know, their offensive line has been beat up all season. I mean, obviously, you, you flash back 18 weeks ago, we were talking about how they had an, 
Uh, you know, they had a jump start offensive line. You know, they were, they were starting a tackle at centre. Um, you know, that lasted a while and then he got injured and, you know, he's now on injured reserve. You've got, uh, they've had multiple pieces and I think that's that's actually affected the style of their game. Um you know they've had they've had to go to a quick pass they've had to go to a quick passing game as a result of that too. Yeah. um you know but um their offensive line even with the injuries though have done really well this year yeah you know i mean like the chink in brady's armor in one sense is that he really does not especially since he's gone to tampa and he's gotten a bit older he will refuse to take a sack so like yeah. Although the offensive line has done well, it is a little bit like how productive it looks is a little bit inflated by Brady throwing the ball away or throwing that quick stabby, you know, pass out the short passing game, which is what, you know, primarily he was known for in New England. But that is what sort of makes it look as good as it does. But they have done really well, even with the injuries. Yeah, I th- I think one of the things with the Bucks offense this this season, particularly in the latter weeks, is that you know, uh, Brady Brady will use the sort of five yard outs, the the short mm. passing game as the running game. I mean, Brady and and his quarterbacks, the the other quarterbacks have I think it's seven hundred and thirty eight passes to they've only run the ball three hundred ninety seven times. Yeah. So you know it it is heavily stacked towards their passing game. Um you know Le- Leonard Fournette as well he has seventy he's I think he's third on the team with seventy three receptions as well, which you know that shows that they're using the backs out of the backfield, whether it's a screen game or whether it's you know just yeah. thrown to the flats. Um you know it is it's almost like the the old West Coast offense style where you try and dink, dink and dunk it down the field and get mm. get your yardage that way, um, yeah. you know, and you're not you're not throwing the ball up in the air too many times, risking interceptions, which mm. you know, and that's what Brady was really known for in New England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but there we go. I mean, there's the news and updates for the injuries. Uh, at the moment, what is also we we also know is the Cowboys will be playing in their navy uniform this weekend. Oh, that's not a good sign, no. No. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but let's move on to the Cowboys' offense, then, guys, and uh, get rolling and looking at what we're looking at here. Looking at what we're looking at. There we go. I like that. <laughs> We look at, um, but yes, all right, then, guys. Cowboys offense, everyone at home as well. Tell us what you think. What were your feelings, uh, or uh, your analysis on the Cowboys offense? Just let us know, even where you're watching from. Um, so first of all, what is I find quite interesting is, um, how the passing game is going to be quite important in this game. In the last three games, Pampa have really struggled against the pass. Some of it is down to uh, just getting a lack of pressure up front. Uh, they have failed to do that. Which is quite, which is quite weird because they've got Nassib and they've got Vita Vea, the guys like... That whole line is... Yeah. They've got a really good defensive line, but they just not seem to Being be getting... Identity. Yeah, I mean, they're much better. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, their run defence is much better than their pass rush. 
that is a given fact, especially mm. with, especially in the inside with Vita Vea being in the one tech or the zero. He's definitely so much so effective there. Um, listen, yeah. Nasib though, like we know what he's capable of, um, but he's just no seems to be getting like he's not like getting the numbers and stuff. But he is still creating pressures and stuff like that. But they're just not getting to the quarterback as quickly as enough. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because they started off quite strongly, mm, um, yeah. getting a lot of sacks, and then it just seems to be as the season developed, especially in this tail end, they, they like, kind of like dropped off a little. Yeah, if there's any one concern, I would be it'd be like so from the linebackers dropping down to the lame scrimmage, that'd be more and more of my concern, mm. like, like dropping in and filling the gaps to yeah. put the pre- like, like for a blitz or something like that. That's, that's, that's what really happened to us, and against the week on week one, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, on top of that, their safeties and cornerbacks have struggled too. They've had injuries on the defensive back room, uh, which is true, but they're just failing to get physical, especially in man coverage. Well, funny that you mentioned about safety. Both Keanu O'Neill and Logan Ryan are both on the participation. Um, yeah, well, limited. Limited, and Keanu O'Neill was full practice. Cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, and they just they have struggled um, just to generally be there, but um, you know, I'm oh, sorry, make, make, make that free safety. Sorry, there is Mike Edwards as well. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So, so yep. all basically pretty much all three of their safeties are pretty much on the report. Yeah, and and they've been struggling, and mm-hmm. the guys who have been left behind. I mean, there's been they. they had flashes, but generally they've been um, a little bit lacking in terms of to stop it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, t- Tampa, I mean, the last two years, Tampa's defensive backs have been questionable yeah, most of true. the time. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't seem to have that sort of chemistry. Um, whether that's obviously, you know, bringing in new, bringing in new talent, um, you know, as you move away from that Super Bowl team of two years ago, um, but you know, it, it has been the question mark. And obviously, the last time that we were in Tampa, Dak had a good game against them, and you know, albeit we left Brady enough time on the clock, you know, that that could have been another, that could have been a win in our in our cap. Um, yeah. You know, but um, you know, we just need to be on the same on the same page between Dak and our receivers to to make sure that we can capitalize on on the weakness there. Yeah, and, and I mean, like you know, people will revert back to the last game against the Commanders, but I just think, like, when you go back and look at it, there's a lot of um, soft. It, it was a very soft. Um, you know, style of football. They were playing very little movement, no motion, you know, kind of just like there was very unusual route concepts uh, and the whole design play. And I think all they were doing is they were just holding back is is what I'm thinking. They just didn't want to... And Because, like, think about this. Tampa cannot use that game to analyze the offense because there's nothing there. Yeah. When you go back yep. and look at it, what are you analyzing? What are you taking away from that game? The games that we you, you can't use that tape. The, the games that should be watching is the ones where we were actually were on flight, like the fourth quarter against Indianapolis, the whole game against the Vikings, etc. Yeah. etc. That those are the games they should be mostly studying. 
Like, if they could... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, if you were to, to go back and have a look to see recent form, like, you can't, you can't use that game. Yeah. There's nothing you can take away from it. Um, but we're going to get... Well, well and, see, and seeing that, mate, you still can take away from that. You can take away from the formations, take away how the blocking scheme works for those certain plays and, and, and where the downfalls are, where mm. you, can, you can still penetrate, still execute and get to his deck and stuff like that. So there is still things you can analyse. Oh, um, no, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like... like you know, um, what it looks like when they're using the zone blocking scheme or gap power, where those guys are, if you like. Um, I mean, we'll talk about the offensive line in a minute, but uh, let's talk about Zeke uh, uh, and Tony in this game. Um, Tampa, as you said, Paul, you know, yeah. they do play well against the run. Again, they've struggled. They actually finished on the season uh, against running defense, finished 14th. Which is surprising. Yeah, I think it just really depends on who they play against as well, how their their opposing offensive linemen are they're playing up against as well it makes a difference. So yeah, and again, those games where they've completely just had a disaster of a game defensively as well. So again, we don't even know what type of Tampa D, uh, Tampa team is going to turn up in their home game. Like, like it's it's literally like. Both the way how both teams are right now, we're ready in hot and cold form going into this playoffs. So it's literally a roll of the dice, really. So I just don't know what to expect, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously they're certainly strong up the middle when Vita V is mm. on top form. They're yeah. strong up the middle. He he is a he is an absolute beast to handle. Um but you know, they are susceptible on the edge. I mean, Nasib's known as more of a pass rusher than True. than setting the edge. You know, yeah. he's he's not the Marcus Lawrence type of defensive end. Um, so you can get if you can get the ball on the outside, it could be a big day for Pollard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and again, mix it up with with Seek. I mean, we really need our offensive line to be on top form. I think. Um, yeah. So. Hitting you with this question then, Lorne, um, who and where are you putting in in this starting offensive line? Let us know at home too. I would go, I would pretty much go back to the, the offensive line of a couple of weeks ago before Biadish went down. If if Biadish is good to go, I would play Biadish. Um, I think Tyler Smith is limited as a guard at the moment. Um, again, because he spent the go. whole se- spent the whole season at tackle, mm-hmm. and you just you hate you hate to say it, but I think um, Jason Peters and Tyron Smith um, they're not as effective as oh, they no, have. You know, they're, they're on, on the, the right, particularly on the right. But I mean, yeah. P- Peters was pretty bad on the left hand side as well. Um, I thought last week as well, McGovern. Didn't have as good a game at centre. Um, kind of, that was expected. It was expected, though, yeah. to be honest. Like it was yeah. his first first game playing that. He's been playing mostly as snaps and left guard, so uh, you would expect McGovern to be put back. I'm more happy how maybe her left side of the ball is going to be positioned. Yeah. But I'm more concerned just on the, the right hand side, like for like so who's going to be the right tackle. 
Like, well, obviously, mm-hmm. gonna, like there's potential going to be tiring, but he's like you said, Lauren. It's just it, like he has shown, like he's shown, he's still got good quality of how much of a good player he is. But because he's just not used to playing in that side, he does tend to get caught out. Yeah, and I mean to see Effie Abada um, making mincemeat of him in, in in the Commanders game. There, he's had a good I season. Mean, Oh, don't yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, FA Obada is nobody's. Uh, you know, he's he's no. He's not a slouch. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Definitely and I mean, he, he he's he's come on since 2014 when he was with the, when he earned his spot spot with the Cowboys. Yeah, um, trust me, he's came a long way since he played for the London Warriors. I trust me. I yeah. Tell you that. yeah. Oh, I know. Playing against them, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because. You, you, you know, I'm looking at, and you you jumped on straight away what I was looking at, Lorne, and that is the issues with Tyler Smith. Is ironically the place where he played in college is where he struggled <laughs> on this Cowboys offensive line. Um, like he actually looks, I think he's played better as a tackle this season than he has as a left guard. Um, yep. which kind of plays in our favour in one sense because we can keep McGovern in a spot where he's been effective this year. And I think some of it is, as you say, like it's his rookie year. He was in camp playing guard. Tyron Smith goes down and week one, he's got to play left tackle. He's got to learn it lickety split and come in week one. Um, I know the, the results of that on week one. Yeah, that you could say, but... They, I think, especially for a guy in his rookie season who's been messed about quite a bit, moving between two spots. The only trouble we got is, like you say, is what do you do at right tackle? Because Tyron Smith, as good as he is, he has struggled on that right hand side of the line. I think, like, I, I, I especially say, his footwork, I, I, his footwork on the right, he struggled with. I wouldn't say, like, like I think struggle is probably too strong of a inconsistent. Lot. Uh, I'd say moments. Mm. I would say moments. Yeah, Moment, yeah. Moments of being uncomfortable in that position. Like, I would say, like, I think he's more effective in the run block than the. No, sorry. Yeah, go the other way. Yeah, other way about. Run block, no. Pass yes. protection, yes. There you go. I've seen the same thing. Yeah. And it seems to be his. You know, I said footwork. It seems to be his footwork on run blocking because I think he's so used to stepping off on his right foot on the left hand side that he's still doing the same thing that side, and it's causing him to be his body position in the wrong place. I guess one foot's uh, forward than the other. It's like you're not used to it. Yeah, like, just so, so used I, I, to the repetition re- re- of it. Yeah, and and yeah. Lauren, you can speak for yourself as well. It's like if there's. One thing I did not like is like I didn't like being swapped over sides on the offensive line. I did not like it. I felt uncomfortable. I felt way out of sync. And I feel as though I was only contributing maybe 10% of what I was capable of doing. And especially when you're in your stance with your depending on what uh, it's very different. Like, it's very different because you're if you're um tech step or going your front your, your first step. Your first step, which is most important. It's the, most, it's the most important one, is because you're setting the principle on it, whether it's the yeah. like, because normally it's you, you use all the power on your back foot, directing if you're going on to the like, if you're on left, you're going to the right, then you use your back foot to really like leap forward with your left and really take that stance and go forward with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, 
But yeah, it's um, yeah. If I'm playing on left, never playing on the right. That's all I'm saying. I I I don't know. I, I, like, I guess with these guys, they don't have an option because that is their job end of the day. But if it was my preference, no, I said no, no. Keep me on the left, no matter what. Yeah. And you think as well, and I'll let you answer on this as well, is that you think how long Tyron Smith's been in the league and you think of like, you know, just like the, the natural muscle memory he's built up over that time, just play after play on that left-hand side, that naturally just everything in him is just, the muscle memory is all integrated into him. Do you know what I mean, Lon? Yeah, completely. I mean, he's only played, I think it was his rookie season that he played right tackle, and then yeah. from that point on, it was left tackle. Yeah. And obviously, he became the big star that he is on the back of when he made the switch to left tackle. And, not, yeah. you know, um, but uh, yeah, it, as Paul says, I mean, I, I was always mostly on the right hand side. The the, the couple of times that I played left-hand side, one of them was, I'd, I'd basically was on a year out because my son had been born and I was called in to, to play a game. And, you know, it took me time to gel with the, the rest of the offensive line anyway. And then the whole, thi- the whole thing of being on the wrong side as well. Mm. Um, it was just terrible. It was probably my worst game ever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm... You know, when when you've played when you've played one position or one side of the line, it, it's better to stay on that side of the line, and that's why, you know, Zach Martin says the same thing. He doesn't. He he would quite happily play, play right tackle if he had to. He wouldn't want to switch across to left tackle unless it's an absolutely yeah, dire yeah. emergency. So, yeah, yeah. You, I, 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 I always keep saying, Mike, it's like if your one hundred percent effort is on one certain position. If you move at a certain point of that defense, uh, offensive line, that percentage effectiveness diminishes. Right. right from, but if you swap from the other complete side, then it's re- then it really drops down. So I'd rather be more close to one hundred percent effective than I would be the given twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you you spoke to the other side of it too, Lorne, when you said like it's not just the whole thing of. Um, like naturally how you play and where you position yourself. It's also the person you're playing next to that can have, because like you get very, very used to the strengths and weaknesses of the guy next to you. You know, certain things, little, little twitches and and only very small minute movements. All of a sudden you move that person to the other side and they're trying to pick up on those little nuances of that play. It takes a long time. It takes a long time to develop, and that can put the whole thing out of killer. And it's no surprise um, that I put the um, tweet out at the start of the week about the average yards per carry since Terrence Steele has left from week 14. It's, it's a big drop. It's no it surprise is, it, either. Yep. I mean, part of, part of that as well is the, the quality of competition that we've gone up against as well. Mm. That True. You know, uh, uh, the 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 Titans' defense are pretty good against the run. The Commanders' defense, obviously, when they're when they're at their best as well, they've got a good uh, run defense as well. And yeah. um, Jacksonville were no slouches as well. So you know, all yeah. of those had had a um, an effect on our yardage anyway. Um, but um, 
you know, it's certainly not helped by this in the inconsistent play while people are adjusting on the offensive line. And they have messed about with that line a lot. Like, not yep. just game by game. Sometimes it's quarter by quarter, where mm. you're seeing, like, a totally different... And, like, all of a sudden you're into the third quarter and it's you're looking at a different line group grouping again and you're like, hmm, okay. Um, that can mess with a lot of the cohesiveness that you really, really need. Um, but we'll, we'll finish on the offensive side looking at the wide receivers and Dalton Schultz. First question is your predictions and people at home. Was last week against the Commanders the last game of the regular season we see Dalton Schultz in the Cowboys jersey? I think so, personally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think... Kinda... I mean, with a little bit of insider news type of thing, like, I'm not going to mention who my source is or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. It, but, like, apparently she's not been happy with the whole situation being in Dallas and that, and and uh, yeah, but I can expect him to kind of be off of a short unless things have changed in the past couple of weeks. Mm. But I uh, so I don't I don't expect Schultz to um, stay on. And, and and the way how it'll be interesting to see how Ferguson and Hendershot develop into next season. And also, we might even draft an R tight end. Or is it not? I think it's, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's not. Maybe all right, tight ends coming into this draft. Yeah, no, there's some decent ones, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, I, I think as Paul says, I mean, I think, you know, that there's no way you're going to pay Schultz another 11 million. You might. You know, with with all the other uh, all the other contracts that are coming up, and then you want you want to build on what talent you have this year as well. You don't want mm-hmm. to regress anyway in the talent. Um, you know, you're going to have to try and sign guys. I think at the moment it's predicted that we're well. They haven't actually set the the cap at the moment, but if you go to overthecap.com, we're about eight million under the cap. Um, but you're you've probably got about twenty players to sign again as well. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of juggling there. You know, if Tyron goes off into the sunset, then hopefully you get a little bit of money back from that that you True. you can claw some putting a claim back for some of that. Um, but you know they might try and do the the right thing by him and you know let him go with what what's left of his uh, contract money as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you certainly don't want them leaving with a with a bitter taste as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Schultz is probably gone, and I think you're probably going to be looking to get younger again. Um, so you're probably going to draft somebody. Um, and so I, you don't uh, think they're going to stick with the two guys they got, Ferguson and Hendershot? They haven't provided enough. Do you think? I think they were. I think they were. No, I think they will. I think. There's there's a basis there, but you still need to you still want to have three four tight ends, especially yeah, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. offense as well. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think McKeon's up for um, a new contract as well, or he's up as a free agent this year as well. So yeah, um, you're you're looking at placing two guys anyway, um, yeah. and it's, it, obviously it's better if you go younger wh- whenever you have the opportunity, um, and you know. Obviously, Lunda Wells has done a fantastic job this year with the guys true. that he has. True, if you bring true. in Lunda, Lunda Wells back, then you know you've already got the basis there with Ferguson and uh, Hendershot. 
um, anybody else that you could bring in, if you can get the same sort of uh, camaraderie going as well. Um, and, you know, they're playing unselfish and they're teaching everybody and what have you, then, you know, you, you build by getting a younger team and live live with the little mis- the little errors that you make as a rookie or whatever. Um, but you know you you get them blooded a hell of a lot earlier, and you're you're ready to go. Um, yeah. Yes. So um, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I, and as Paul said, without saying too much, without giving people's names away, Dalton yep. Schultz is not happy with certain aspects of playing for Dallas um which is you know I the trouble is is what you've got with Schultz which is evident and very clear is that as good as Schultz is a bit of a jack of all trades type of guy but what his biggest strength is is the chemistry he has with Dak and we've seen we see it time and time again where he is, you know, in terms of the progressions, he's always the last man, and he always seems to be open in that sweet spot for Dak. And as long as he's open, Dak will throw to him, and he always manages to do it. Um, But in terms of wide receivers, guys, um, because last week both Noah Brown and Michael Gabb had struggles, um, but this is a game where I think not so much Noah Brown – but Michael Gallup and T.Y. Hilton can attack because where Tampa struggle the most is where they play best in that intermediate downfield distance. Um, yep. How do you guys foresee this? Is this a big C.D. Lamb game? Is it a game where we're going to see a bit of a mixture of all the guys? You know, T.Y. Hilton hasn't had a bad time since he's come to task. What, where, where do you think the attacking spot comes from for the wide receiver core? I think, and right under the nose, it's going to be T.Y. Hilton. I think, mm-hmm. obviously, the primary is going to be C.D. Lamb. Primary. Like, they kind of, it's kind of, I know, I'm not going to say predictable, but I think where it comes to the more desperate situations, I think that's where T.Y. will come in. Like, it's like if we're third down, throw it to T.Y., he will get us out of the mess, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd 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 agree with that. I think you're going, to, you know, obviously this is week three for having Hilton active as well. So mm-hmm. week week four in terms of practicing, um, I think that's, you know, this is when he should be showing up. He 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 was there or thereabouts in the game against the Commanders. There, um, you know, th- there was just that little bit of uh, synchronicity that was missing between him and Zach, uh, him and Dak. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it will pick up this week. And I think, you know, he, he has the ability to s- exploit the, the Tampa Bay uh, zone scheme that you're talking about. So um, I, I think that that's what we'll be looking at. And then, you know, the, the one thing is Daco actually, he will pass around to all the receivers. So, um, you know, in all the games that he's played against Tampa, he has spread it around to to various receivers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, he will go for, well, you want to say he will go. Um, it obviously depend what Dak Prescott turns up as well. So, <laughs> All right now, easy loan. Yep. You can get everybody <laughs> into trouble, yeah? 
<laughs> All right. Uh, let's go on to the Cowboys defense and then we can um, get to other parts of the show. But let's look at the Cowboys defense versus the Tampa offense, guys. Okie dokie. First question is uh, Micah Parsons fatigued? Yep. Yep. Think- no question yeah, about that's- it. Straight to the point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, uh, sorry, I need to No, I, I think we were, you know, obviously when we were going into this season, you know, there was a lot of questions about where were you going to play Micah? Mm-hmm. And it does seem that predominantly he's been playing as a defensive end. But, you know, obviously he's still playing with a linebacker's body yeah. um, effectively. You know, yeah. if you were asking him to play, you know, they should have been saying in the in the off season if you're planning on playing him as a defensive end that he should have maybe bulked, bulked up. up a bit, yeah. put a little beef, a little bit of beef on. Mm-hmm. But no, they kept they kept him at the same weight as he was as a rookie. And you know, I think you know obviously best laid plans and all that. You can go in with an idea of how you're going to play him, but then as needs must, you end up playing him. Uh, you end up adjusting. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing him tail off. I mean, he's he's been count the number of times he's gone down, and you thought, oh, that's it, he's out, he's going to be out this next week, or he's out the remainder of the game, and then he, you know, he only comes in on third down or whatever. That Rams game earlier in the season, you thought that he'd probably pulled his groin muscle or something, yeah, and he was going right, to be yeah. out six, yeah. six to eight weeks. He hasn't actually missed a game, but you know, and then there's. The, the club hand and at one point last week okay he was back to just wearing gloves with a little bit of tape on but at one point you saw him holding the hand like that and you know trying to get the blood flowing again or whatever and get rid of the pain or whatever so um he, there's a whole list of ailments and i wouldn't be surprised if there is something at the end of the season you see him undergoing some sort of surgery yeah, because uh, like you say, you know, he, he needed to bulk up if he's going to do it more than anything because of the, the double blocks and chips, which he does yeah. not like. No. But what is interesting is as we're talking about this, Todd Archer has literally just tweeted saying uh, about Micah Parson, how he feels physically. Uh, and uh, this is what Micah Parsons had to say to that. He said, in the last couple of weeks, I feel like the season's long, and at the end of the season, you tend to chase things. Uh, you tend to do everything, but now I feel like I've now hit my second wind in terms of how I feel. I feel like I feel better now than I have the past couple of weeks, just because how anxious and excited I am. End quote. Mm. He could have just said he was tired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, but basically, you know, yeah, I felt tired. It, it feels like I, a but poli- now I feel better. Honestly, it felt like I felt like a politician's way of saying a simple, simple answer, just mm. like really extending it just a little a bit more. I'm not gonna disrespect Micah Parsons by only means, but mm-hmm. you could have shortened that answer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so uh, it also on defense, Xavier Rhodes uh, has also given a statement on his first time practice with Dallas Cowboys. And he said, can I go on Monday? Question mark. 
if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. But yeah, today was good. So I'm getting the hang of the playbook and everything felt good out there. It's now up to the coaches. End quote, Xavier Rhodes. Fingers crossed. We need as much help as we can get at the corner right now. Mm, yeah um but i mean the big news really right guys when we talk about this i know obviously on the other side we talked about tyler biadish coming back in he was a full participant so it looks like he's going to play the big news on the other side i think which is absolutely at this stage very critical is uh because of how the cowboys played the first time they met tampa um, they running back went for over 100 yards. The only game this season, Lennon Fournette has gone over 100 yards was against the Cowboys in week one. Big news. Jonathan Hankins, Leighton Van Der Esch are going to return. How massive, how big is that? And how well do those two play together in run defense, guys? I, th- I think it's I think it's instrumental for us that you know these guys are back. I mean, obviously with Hankins, you you don't have to put guys like Osa Digizuba in at the one, um, you know, Goldston or whatever. Now you know they they had good games last week, um, but you know obviously they aren't they aren't this big run stuffing body that you know we keep talking about that we need, and then with. Leighton Van Der Esch being back in as well. I mean, you saw mm-hmm. last week that um, Damone Clark, unfortunately, you know, he, his his recognition isn't up there yet. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You saw at yeah. one point there was one play where it was a running play and for some reason he dropped back as if he was the Tampa 2 linebacker, um, you know, and was 15 yards down the field defending a pass um, before he actually realised that, you know, the, the running backs got into the back, got into the, the second line of the defence. Um, and I think um, Anthony Barr is as good as he's been. He's he's a little bit slow. It, you know, he's he's obviously lost a step. So um, mm-hmm. if you can get Van der Esch back in and obviously take over the the, the green dot duties as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he is a coach on the field. He's he's getting guys into position. He's getting Clark into position. Very vocal. as well. Yeah. Um, you know and. As I say, when we've been discussing Van der Esch, I think he's earned himself another contract. So um, yeah. if, he, if he can get him signed as well, you know, th- that's another key piece for our defence. So Maybe another one-year deal, you think? Yeah, maybe, maybe try and get him up to a three-year deal as well or, you know, something like that as well that you can still walk away on after two years if need be. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. What do you think, Paul? This is for LVE. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bring them back no matter what. Here's what's ironic, right? The numbers are going across the bottom there. Lane Van Der Esch still ranks second on the team in total tackles, and he has not played the last quarter of the season. <laughs> Just goes to show, like, where he was. And I, I think what is a big thing is Cowboys on third down on defense have been pretty good. And I think one of the parts, part and parcel of, of how effective they've been in stopping third down on defense has been Leighton Van Der Esch being able to get on those short third downs, getting to the ball carrying and stuffing him before they get to the line. Yep. 
I don't know if it's a confidence thing, perhaps, you know, he's not so much concerned anymore that he feels confident and good about um, his neck injury that, you know, has debilitated him in the past. Um, so I think that's a big, big part of what, you know, they've done. But let's talk about this, guys. The bit that scares me the most, two parts. One is the defensive tackle position. Um, but the other one, more specifically, is the cornerback two position. At this stage, I think it's Nation Rights, yeah? Yep. yep. Yeah, uh, uh, going, going on what you've seen, Nation Wright is, has been the better of the, the guys that we've been auditioning in, the, in recent weeks. Kelvin Joseph, you know, hasn't been there. Uh, Mullen last week, I mean, you, you saw why, who was it, Marcus, when he was on a couple of weeks ago, was saying that, you know, Mullen, Mullen is a project, um, you know, he, he's never lived up to that second round draft pick. Mm. Um, and of all the Clemson corners that we have on our roster, you know, he, he was more happy with Mackenzie Alexander. Now, Mackenzie mm. Alexander had, didn't play last week because he he tweaked his groin, I think, the mm -hmm. week before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so he's, he's not showing up on the practice report this week, so he should be good to go again as well. Um, and then you've got Xavier Rhodes, who, again, if nothing else, should be there in a teaching capacity. But, you you know, hopefully you can get something out of him as well um, this this week. And, you know, you can get him playing to, playing to a level that you only need him to play five or six plays or something like yeah. that. You know, you don't need him there down in, down out. But um, I think in some respects last week, the... The game against the commanders, because you were auditioning all these people, um, you maybe hindered Nishon Wright in in his progression. We talked about how he got better and better the, the two weeks that he'd played. Mm -hmm. um, it was a bit disappointing to see that you were taking him off and bringing Mull, uh, Mullen in and what have you. And then, um, I, you, I, I'm, I, I'm just glad i don't know how what you think because I, I said this on tuesday on the post game show though um i may as well ask you long because you, you know you obviously wasn't there but um i'm glad in the commander's game that we got to see mullen so we know because i i, I yep. watched the, that, that game seeing what he was and went there we are that was what we had from previous cornerbacks that we've even drafted you know very similarly Great athleticism, physical, but cannot locate the ball. Sounds like yeah. a lot of cornerbacks we've had at Dallas in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm glad that we've seen it there and not in a playoff game where they're going to face possibly Julio Jones. Don't think so. But Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, certainly. And Russell Gage can be a little uh, under-the-radar player at times as well. When you think of that, like if I'm Tampa right now, I'm going... The cornerback two position for Dallas is is up for you know that's that's the place to attack. So I think certainly Dan Quinn because they haven't done it at the moment, but I do think going forward Dan Quinn needs to be offering Nation Wright some safety help over there. Yeah, I I think one other thing as well. I mean, as I alluded to at the beginning of the this podcast as well, you know, Tampa are focusing on the short passing game yeah our defense is at the moment we're playing off a hell of a lot we're not yeah. playing press we're not playing press coverage 
this mm-hmm. is the week I would turn it on its head and go up and you know jam these guys in the in the face as they're coming off the line. Get physical. Um, you get physical and yeah. disrupt that timing. Fair enough if you you know use your safeties then to to cover the back back as well so that if they do get off the line then you know you're you're covered so that you're not giving up too much of a a play but um if you're playing off you're going to you're going to give Mike Evans and co 5 yards at 5 yards a pop and they'll take that yeah. um you know one of the reasons why our sacks have come down is we've not um we've not been able to get the offense into position either with them getting penalty holding penalties or whatever we've yeah. not put them in a position where then Micah Parsons, Dorrance Armstrong, everybody can just pin their ears back and go straight for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. We need to tr- try and get back to that. Um, and and part of that as well is because of the the defense as well, uh, the, the run defense get, being, you know, giving up yardage in the middle or whatever and giving up running plays on first and second down, you know, they are then into third and short plays. So, you know, you can't just focus on the, on the past um, you know, you you still got to be able to protect protect against the run as well. So yeah, yeah, um, it's very true. That's how yep. you you help your corners. Everything does always start the front. But what is interesting is last week because it's all about for the Cowboys in a Danquin system. It's all about the rotation of players. Um, what was interesting to see last week is seeing the likes uh, of, well, Osa, yeah, yeah, okay, Osa, but Sam Williams, uh, you've seen getting sacks and pressures back there, you know, Dante Fowler's doing um, some dirty work as well. What is interesting is seeing those rotational plays, which are going to be quite important, because the offensive line, uh, you know, as we were mentioning earlier, has been okay, and... As you mentioned, it's a lot of quick passing, so they need to get over there quickly. They need to be operating fast to get to Brady. And once you start getting in Brady's face, that, you know, like we've seen it so many times, that when you see Brady, you know, screaming and ranting and raving, it's because he hates taking sacks. He hates pressure. That is his chink in his armor. That's what I was saying earlier. You start doing that, the game falls apart on him. I think, I think there's a, there's a stat where Brady, if you sack Brady about three times in a game, then the you know that's the only time he has a losing record, or um, you know statistically he is he is poor when he's been sacked two or three times in a game. Um, so getting rough, getting ruffled, and you know that's that then plays into your um, into your strengths. Yeah, definitely. All right then. Are we ready to do this? Go for it. All right, then. Final score predictions. Everyone at home as well. Um, Whether you're doing this live or after the show, when you're at this stage, we need to know, what is your final score predictions? Um, I have not submitted mine yet into Blogging Boy. I'll do this after. So let me have a think. I think the final score is going to be 24-14 24-14 to Cowboys. They are playing on the road. I'm gonna it's, go yes. I'm gonna go 23-17. So again, I'm fairly close. Yeah, yeah. Paulius Maximus. 26-17 Dallas. Interesting score lines. <laughs> Especially um, I'm, 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 
I'm expecting a lot of Brett Maher in this game. Okay. The, the, the wind factor not concerning you? If we can get it within 40 yards, I have no no issues. The gusts are quite high, apparently, for this weekend. Or, I should say, for Monday. Yeah, or, I should say, for people in the UK and Europe, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Let me, yep. yeah. So, let me bring up the scores from everyone in the chat so far. So, Tim yeah. went Dallas 30, Tampa 20. I like it. And Joe, our good friend from Italy, he's went Dallas 35, Tampa Bay 21. Hmm. And uh, Joe did ask a question earlier. Um, it's not, not nothing to do with score predictions, but he did ask us in terms of what do we think we should do for the franchise tag? It could be if needs be, like depending on how they feel going forward, that could be Tony Pollard. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep, it's the only one that makes sense. Yep, yeah, R- running back, running back is actually one of the cheapest. Um... Very true. Franchise tags. So. Franchise tags on that is about third. No, I think it's less. About I, think, I think I think it was only about nine eight last yeah. last season. So it, you know we're we're paying more for Dalton Schultz, and if we mm. you know if we were in that position and having a franchise Pollard last year, you know I think it was only about nine eight. Um. So, and yeah. and the only reason why that's so high is obviously Zeke is. Zeke is bumping the number up for that position. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, so interesting. But here we go, right, guys? Final segment, and we'll get out of here. I hear you asking fantasy in the playoffs. No, don't worry. It's the last time. Oh, of UK Cowboys TV, we will ever be doing the fantasy line second because all we're doing at this stage. Is crowning the winner. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I have, I have a good feeling, feeling we actually got quite a lot of them wrong and Jamie still wins. I, I, I think I certainly didn't do too well last week. I yeah. think you, okay. you probably are close, Paul. I will tell you now, Lorne, that for all the gambles that you put in, I love the gambling. I like it. Yep. You, know, you know, who dares wins, as they say. Uh, you needed to get four right to take the trophy. You only got and two right. I don't right. think I got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Big no. Game James uh, remarkably got 50% right, which means oh, wow. amongst the guests, he is first, second, third, fourth. He's fifth. Are we ready for the scores, guys? Go yep, for let's it. go for it. Where did everyone finish? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paul scraped it by half a percent. You beat Jamie by 0.5 of a percent. So, Paul is this year's fantasy line winner with 50% accuracy. Uh, Jamie with 49, Lorne with 38, Rich with 22. Graham, believe it or not, never managed to post a score. Shocking, Graham. Shocking. Um, guests. Yeah, your guy next. He's he stayed all the way. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't fun. have. He, like, if I was next, I wouldn't want to come back on the show just to no. uh, just to keep <laughs> that score. Yeah, yeah. So next, eighty-two percent. Cowboys can fan came in second with seventy percent. James sixty percent. Big game. James fifty percent. Uh, Bluff City Cowboys right behind with forty-seven, and we won't talk about Hefners. 
<laughs> he's tra- yeah, I don't think Kemmer will want to come back after uh, about that. <laughs> so, uh, so we don't work, not when we're doing the fantasy predictions anyway. No, definitely not. <laughs> but it was a close one. It was a close one. So um, you don't, you, that, are you, you going to tweet that out? Yeah. Maybe without Hackman's score because he got upset last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but oh, yes, well done. Uh, so we will do it all again next season. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, there is just so people are aware. We don't know how early we're going to bring it in, but there is going to be going forward um, a new segment we will be adding to the show. Might do it during the draft shows because it can be quite interesting. But basically you will be able to leave us a voice message and we'll play it on the show so you can call in the show. Oh. Yes. Me and Jamie were talking about it and there is a way to do this. He, You know what Jamie's like? He's the godfather and he'll say, I want this to go on and you find a way. So uh, keep an eye on that. We will let you know. Yes. But let's do this then and uh, we'll get out of here and let everybody get back to their lives. We will start with Mr. You with, with you, Mr. Lorne. Hit us with it. Right, okay, so regular season's over. Post-season's on at the moment. If you're going to the game, try booking through Cowboys Experience for the ultimate meet and greet, stadium tours, game tickets, tailgating, much, much more. Get to meet players like Michael Parsons, Sam Williams, uh, Zach Martin, uh, Jay Novacek, uh, by the way, shouts out to Jay Novacek and his wife. Yeah. Obviously, she's she's going undergoing over open heart surgery at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we wish her all the best. Um. But if if you do book through Cowboys Experience, tell them that we sent you. Use the code UK Cowboys, and what do you get? You get free stuff. And That's also, right. Also, just to kind of mention as well, it's actually number eighty-eight Drew Pearson's birthday today as well. Correct. And guys, you can also get the opportunity to meet Drew Pearson at Cowboys Experience as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I, for, you could do it with us. Yeah, and, and speaking about Cowboys Experience, who are helping us with our travel package for net, for this year, not next year, this it year. Is, yeah. yeah, so for the 2023 season, which will include game tickets, the tours, the meet and greets, much, much more, including a possible college football game. But, yeah. from, but for more information, be sure to go and check out our Facebook group. And also be sure to go and check out these uh, amazing content creators. We had Big Game James on last week. Where it's a, it was J-Tuck's birthday on Tuesday there. Like, mm. like all the guys from SB Nation where you can catch me and Meg on every Saturday. Uh, and and we were talking to um, uh, blah, 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 Jeff as well in a week. Yeah, Jeff Kavanagh. Yeah, big shout out to Jeff. Oh, I mean Jeff Reinbold. Oh, Reinbold, sorry. Yeah, he's right. popped in and saying, tell us to keep it up. It's yeah, always yeah. nice to hear from Jeff. Jeff's a nice guy. Both Jeffs are nice. Both Jeffs are nice. Yes, <laughs> yes. Jeff K is all, uh, Jeff K. Jeff C is also nice too. Yeah. So that is it, guys, for this week. Um, so obviously, no matter what, we will be continuing on. Make sure to go give the podcast and wherever you're watching from, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a subscribe, and have a lovely weekend. And yeah. uh, 
get that coffee pot on because if you're watching from outside the states, it's a one a.m. kickoff. That'll be that'll be my remedy. There you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Alright, guys. Well, as we do every week, have your last game. We'll get out of here. I don't know if you guys actually heard mate there because he sounded really muffled there, but I'm yeah. pretty sure he's saying have a good night. So it's a good night for me. Yep. Let's let's send Tom Brady off into the sunset with a zero. You know. Um, Reti- retire his ass. Retire his ass. Oh, 